Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. afternoon big money for the Big Ten. The conference has announced its new seven-year media rights deal with Fox, NBC, and CBS. The deal believed to be the richest ever struck with a college sports conference. Here's a look at some of the key points of the new deal. It will run from 2023 through the 2029-30 athletic year. It's projected to eventually distribute 80 to 100 million per year to each of its 16 members. Fox, CBS, and NBC will all carry future Big Ten championship games. And lastly, ESPN is not featured in the new deal. Meanwhile, UConn defensive coordinator Lou Spanos has taken a leave of absence for personal reasons. The school made the announcement on Thursday. No additional details were provided, and it remains unclear whether Spanos is expected to return this season. It's good to know people. Mike Zimmer's first job since the Vikings let him go will be as an analyst for Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders. According to reports, Zimmer, the Vikings head coach for eight seasons, has accepted a position on Primetime's staff. Welcome to College Football Live. Happy to have you with us with Tom Luganville and Sam Acho. I'm Wendy Nix. We start this afternoon with an age-old question. To be or not to be? Or in our case, believe or not to believe in Texas, that is. Take a look at the odds from Caesar Sportsburg. The odds on favorites to win a national title this year. And something stands out. And I believe we would agree, it's Texas. The Longhorns are tied for the seventh shortest odds to win the title. But they're not even ranked in this year's preseason AP Top 25. The odds makers aren't the only ones, though, high on Texas. ESPN's College Football Power Index also ranks them seventh in the FBS entering this season. Sam Macho, I feel like it's wrong to start with you, but I know you can be uh, take that hat off and be unbiased. Uh, how do you feel about Texas this season? Because I got to tell you, we, we, we've got a spectrum here of how people feel about this Longhorn squad. Well, there should be a spectrum, Wendy. Uh, since 2010, Texas has lost seven games five times, right? They've been five and seven three times, six and seven once. They have not been good last year alone. They lost six straight games. But there is a reason to believe. And that reason, it starts in the backfield of Texas. Bijan Robinson and either Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card will be coached by second-year head coach Steve Sarkeesian. He has weapons all over the offense. He has weapons in Xavier Worthy, who has a true freshman 
had 12 touchdowns and at nearly 1,000 yards. He has a Heisman hopeful we mentioned in B. John Robinson, a projected first-round pick. Now, the questions remain on the offensive line. There's going to be three new starters on the offensive line. The bigger questions also remain on the defense. Will Gary Patterson do enough to have that defense that was porous and atrocious last year be significantly better? If he can and if Texas gets its quarterback situation figured out, then this team that went 5-7 and seven last year could potentially go 9-3. and three. Obviously, they have three uh, teams that they play in the top 10, four in the top 12. Texas could turn it around. Well, I'll tell you, I, I agree with you on the skill side of things offensively. I think they've got some skill guys that have a chance to be really special, even with some of the injuries that have occurred within the last five to seven days. But the problem is, is all of their best players, Bijan Robinson, Jordan Whittington, all right, Xavier Worthy, none of them play in the offensive line and none of them play quarterback. You could, you talked about those three new starters in the offensive line, all right? Some of those guys may be true freshmen. In fact, all three at one point could be true freshmen. How does that impact the overall offense? How does that impact the run game? And how does it impact the most important position on the field for Texas? And that is the quarterback position. I'm really interested to see just how far down the wire this thing goes between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. Obviously, the weight of the world on Quinn Ewers' shoulders so much of this season is Steve Sarkeesian's second-year hopes are going to be riding on the shoulders of how well the quarterback plays. Well, that's huge. And specifically to the offensive line, Luke, you make a great point. Uh, Texas is going to the SEC in a few years. And what Steve Sarkeesian has consistently said is he said, I want to have large humans on our offensive line. So some of these freshmen you're talking about are five-star recruits. They're these large humans that Sark saw when he was coaching with Alabama. And so I think that will or may be addressed. Now, the questions will really be answered, I think, on September 10th when Alabama comes to Texas, the number one ranked team in the AP poll. That will be very revealing, but obviously there's more games on the docket. There's Baylor at the end of the season, but Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, which are other top-ranked teams. And so I, I believe in Texas. I believe in Steve Sarkeesian, but there is obviously and definitely reason to doubt. You know, I talked to somebody this week who said it would be the year of the offensive line at Texas. I thought, when, when is it not the year of the offensive line? <laughs> Wait, I mean, is, other is than the quarterback, what's more important? <laughs> I mean, what's more or important than protecting way. the quarterback? <laughs> right? I mean, well, that, th therein lies the question. We're all about the philosophs this afternoon, Tom Luganville. The question, of course, in addition to what we've talked about, is who the quarterback will be. And regardless, we know uh, the weight of the world will be on his shoulders. Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card competing for the job. Steve Starkeesian, by the way, says he does have a timeline for a decision in mind, but has yet to disclose what it is, although we certainly know the clock is ticking. Card was a four-star recruit in 2020, made two starts for the Longhorns as a redshirt freshman last season. As for Ewers, he was a five-star recruit in 2021, looking to make an impact after transferring from Ohio State. This is an important decision, Sam. We know that. Certainly not one that is static. It can be fluid. But what are your expectations for Sark and the decision he ultimately makes? If I can be honest, I still don't know. Initially, I would have said it would have been Quinn Ewers, who was the number one recruit in the nation actually twice because he reclassified. I would have said him, but everything we've seen, and we've seen Hudson Card continue to push uh, Ewers in this competition. Hudson Card is no slouch. He was one of the top-ranked dual-threat quarterbacks in his recruiting class as well. And so I believe it's going to be Ewers, but I wouldn't count out Card, especially because last year he started week one, Hudson Card did, and he 
help the Longhorns win. And so if I knew, I would tell you, but I don't, so I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, listen, with, with Quinn Ewers, you have a player that has not thrown a meaningful college pass in a game or high school pass since the completion of his junior year. All right, so he was at Ohio State. He transfers back. We've talked about the NIL. We've talked about all the things that come with being the Texas quarterback. So what does that tell me? That tells me that Hudson Card must be one hell of a competitor because the moment Quinn Ewers transferred to Texas, right now in our climate, the majority of kids would have walked away and they would have gone somewhere else, and he didn't do that. And I think that speaks volumes about him. I bet you that's reflected in the locker room. I bet you reflected amongst team chemistry, and it's probably making the decision really, really difficult for Steve Sarkeesian. But you know what? The elephant in the room is this. With Quinn Ewers and the hype and the NIL and all those sorts of things that go along with it, what is the pressure? What is the level of pressure that's on Steve Sarkeesian to start Quinn Ewers, even if he has a gut feeling that I'm just not sure yet because of all of the external influences? Now, I hate that we're talking about this, but it's got to be part of the equation. I don't know how it can't be. Whatever they do, though, the quarterback cannot turn the ball over. When you looked at their open practice this last week, and I know it was just one day and a long uh, few days and a, a couple of weeks of training camp, but it's quarterbacks have turned the ball over a lot, and that is something that's dangerous. Luke, I hate to say it, but I do agree, though, about the external pressure. We all know that these decisions are not made in a vacuum, and sometimes right. there's a lot of mitigating circumstances for the ultimate decision. Again, we'll see. Nine days away now, not necessarily for Texas, but until we see the start of a new college football season. So as I mentioned before, the clock is ticking. The Longhorns, however, not the only big program with a notable quarterback competition. We've got Michigan. Texas A&M, Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn, who all have some big QB battles to watch as well as we quickly, and I say quickly, approach the season. ESPN college football writer Chris Lowe happens to be in College Station today, happens to be a place where there's another quarterback competition, Chris. So I'll ask you what's going on and what you're hearing out of Texas A&M. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to Jimbo Fisher today. He's not ready to make that decision yet. They're going to scrimmage again this Saturday, their second and final scrimmage, Haynes King is one of those guys athletically. He's one of the faster kids on the team. He's thrown the ball very well. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. I wouldn't completely count out Max Johnson. Max Johnson's got experience. He's played on big stages before at LSU. Remember, though, Haynes King was the guy last year before he got hurt. He started the, the first two games. But, you know, over and above the quarterback here, this is probably the deepest team uh, Jimbo has had here at AM. He loves the speed. He thinks it's the fastest team, especially with the skill positions. So whoever's the quarterback, and I do think when it's all said and done, it will be Haynes King. They're going to have a lot of weapons around him. Chris, we'll know soon enough. Appreciate it again. College football just nine days away. Still to come here on College Football Live, expectations are a tricky thing, especially when it comes to preseason predictions. We'll tell you who may surprise to the upside and who may come up short. And with just nine days to go until the start of a new season, we are reminded why we love college football. We'll look at the pageantry that makes it great.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College football live. You know, I, I started today by saying, who, who doesn't love a surprise, right? Everybody loves surprises. And then it occurred to me, it can go either way. There can be good surprises and ones you struggle with. And so, fellas, we're going to talk about either or, all right, as we get ready for a new season, expectations are high. I want to talk three surprise teams. You can tell me whether to the upside or perhaps falling short, Sam, but give me your three surprise teams this season. So I'm going to give three surprise teams. Team number one, these all be good surprises, prefacing. Kansas. So let's not forget, we've been talking a lot about Texas. Well, Kansas beat Texas last year, 57-56. They also nearly beat Oklahoma. Remember, they shut out Oklahoma in the first half. They were up by 10, going into nearly going into the fourth quarter. Lance Leipold knows how to change culture. He talks about changing in this mentality. He's brought in a new top 25 transfer class. Kansas will be a surprise team. Number two, Michigan State. Keep your eyes out for Peyton Thorne at quarterback. He is coming to his own with his receiver, Jaden Reed. But more importantly, Jarek Broussard, transfer from Colorado when Mel Tucker was there. Jarek Broussard was previously Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. It's going to be a special year for Michigan State. Last but not least is Houston. Houston lost their first game last year. They rattled off 11 in a row, and then they lost to Cincinnati. But that's not the story. The story is their defense. They have a top 10, top 6 defense in all of college football, followed by the offense of Clayton Toon and Tank Dell, a.k.a. Nathaniel Dell. Houston might be a problem. Houston might go undefeated this year. Offensively, they're top 20. Defensively, they're top 10. I'm afraid for teams that have to play Houston this season. All right, so first off, number one, Sam, I appreciate you getting back in the good graces of Lance Leipold at at, at Kansas off of Monday's show. That's a smart move by you. I'm impressed by that. Secondly, secondly, I totally agree with your Houston pick. I think they're going to go undefeated as well. I'm a little worried about the UTSA game. Um, The Texas Tech game is going to be interesting because they lost that game a year ago. But I have to – Truth be told, I've already filed adoption papers on Houston like three years ago. They're mine. You can't have them. That's my team. So I'm going to let you borrow them for today. All right. Now I'm going to get in. I'm going to get into my three. And, and two of my three surprises are preseason surprises. Number one, let's start with Notre Dame. I think everybody's surprised that Notre Dame is sitting there at number five. I I, I don't see a top five roster. Um, I see an exciting young quarterback that's been utilized as a runner more so than as a passer, a first-year head coach. 
that's got a program that's in great shape, was left in great hands by Brian Kelly before departing to LSU. But I could look at Oklahoma. I could look at Baylor. I could look at Michigan, even an Oklahoma State, and feel comfortable with them at that five spot. Miami. Everybody's talking about Pitt or or anybody out of the Coastal in the ACC. Nobody has a better quarterback than Miami. I think Miami is competent in the offensive line, effective running the football, and may end up having the best quarterback in the entire ACC. I could see them being uh, having one loss going into that Clemson game on November 19th. I think they're capable of being that good in that one loss. Potentially, could be to Texas A&M, depending on what their quarterback situation is like, as we talked about with Chris Lowe just shortly before. And I think lastly, my other preseason surprise was Mississippi State. They have 17 starters back off of a seven-win team. And I I know they get Kentucky and Georgia out of the East, but Mike Leach is too good of a coach, guys. I I don't understand how a Cincinnati is ranked, okay, or a BYU is ranked, and Mississippi State is not. Mississippi State should be a preseason top 25 team, and I think they will end up in the top 25 and eclipse their seven-win mark from a year ago. Yeah, I like that list. I like I like the list a lot. Um, Notre Dame will be interesting, right? They have a, a week. We, right. Two weeks from now, we'll know a lot more about Notre Dame. Um, so I'm excited about that pick. Obviously, Mississippi State, they're a high potent offense. We'll see what happens on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Miami. I'm with you on Miami. I think I think they'll beat AM on September 17th. Wow. And okay. I think they're going to be a lot. I do. I do. I, I, I don't know what AM is going to do at quarterback. I think six is too high for ranking for AM. There are questions at quarterback. And I think Miami is that good. Now, obviously, there's so many questions along there, uh, even the entire roster. But Tyler Van Dyke, I think, can overcome a lot of those questions. You know, the second best odds, guys, by the way, for Miami to win the ACC, according to our power index. And they're favored. Uh, at least as we see it right now, to win just about every game, predicted to win over nine games. We'll see. If they do that, they will perhaps turn some heads. Sadly, we do have some tragic news to report this afternoon. Florida International has announced that one of its players, 22-year-old Luke Knox, died at the age of 22 on Wednesday. He was a native of Brentwood, Tennessee, and the younger brother of Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox. He spent the past four seasons at Ole Miss before transferring to FIU. Head coach Mike McIntyre had this to say, words cannot express the heartfelt sorrow we felt because of the passing of our teammate and friend, Luke Knox. I had the honor of coaching Luke at Old Miss and FIU. While I admired his passion for football, his genuine love for his family and teammates is what I will always remember. He had a special way of making everyone around him feel comfortable and confident. His former coach, Lane Kiffin, also released a statement, I am very grateful for my personal relationship and time spent with Luke. He was a tremendous teammate and an even better person who lifted up everyone around him. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Knox family and, of course, the entire Florida international football community. You come to us as a skilled dancer, but you don't come to us as a dancing doll. And so band camp is about setting a foundation for what is to be expected for the season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This year we had three weeks to be ready 
for our first performance, Battle of the Bands in Houston. 34. That first performance is always the hardest. They have to learn so much in that very short amount of time. 8, 69, 70. I already know that they have no idea what's coming. This is probably going to be the hardest time of their lives. 50 more. College football season starts Saturday, August 27th. The 17th annual MEAC SWAC challenging kickoff game has Howard squaring off against Alabama State at Center Park Stadium in Atlanta, formerly Turner Field, by the way. Our celebration of the HBCUs begins at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN and the app. If you love college football, I don't have to tell you what makes it great. A big reason why the pageantry, so many things unique to the college game, including this, the marching bands and teams at several campuses getting together after a long summer practice. I got you. You got me. There is hype. There is color. There is everything we love as we get set for a new season. Uh, Speaking of getting set, how about this, fellas? Harvard's 119-year-old historic stadium is going to modernize a bit. I still don't know how this is going to go over. They're getting a new video board. Um, I think, in effect, it's sort of a jumbotron, if you will, right there in Cambridge. A little bit different than we've seen at uh, Harvard Stadium, Lukes. Uh, but, you know, change is inevitable, they say. We're going to see some. I- I'm curious to know if, if that new video board exceeds the budget of not only the football program, but the entire athletic department <laughs> for, for the Crimson Red. I'm just not sure. But, hey, listen. Good for them. Set the trend, and hopefully everybody else in the league will follow. Yeah, and I love – I mean, yeah, listen, uh, forget but, the – forget the. go ahead, go ahead, Wendy, go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. I, I was just going to say, I mean, it's not, it's not the biggest, but I can tell you for, the, for that team there, it will feel like the biggest because this is a notable yeah. departure from what you've ever seen there. Man, y'all forget the scoreboard. I'm still more interested in that little promo that we had with the dancing team, like the hardest time of your lives. Like, I want to watch that. We talk about college football players and college athletes, basketball players, all of it. That is just as hard. People don't see the skill, the talent, the effort, the technique that those dance teams go through, the bands go through. So I'm hyped for that. Let me know when that's on. I'm watching. (laughs) Hey, listen. Sam, I'll give you 100 bucks if you do 100 leg kicks. Before the end of the season, hundred bucks. You gotta hey, do a hundred leg Wendy, kicks. Wendy, I can't do one. I can't do one. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I know my money is safe. I knew you're, it. You're gonna pull right, a hammy, Sam. I'm just telling we'll you. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna pull a hammy. Don't do it. Don't do it. I will say this though about HBCUs, the dance teams and the bands. There is nothing better in college football at any level than a halftime of an yes. HBCU game. Yes. Completely agree. All right, speaking of dancing, and I swear I didn't write it this way. I, 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 I don't know if that's supposed to be the worm. Oh, good heavens. This is a UCF coach dance-off. You know, fellas, two-a-days, I don't have to tell you, two-a-days are long. They are hot. I mean, you okay, all right, props are allowed. You got this. Uh, we are destined to dance, fellas, but um, I don't. we did not get word on which coach won the dance-off. We got, we got researchers around here somewhere. Let's get that information. <laughs> But um, you two, what you care to give it a go? I don't don't, don't get hurt. There's nothing nope. there's nope. nothing better than dancers, nothing worse than coaches coaches try to dance. No takers. You guys are weak. See you tomorrow. Bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs>